It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Wednesday the 22nd of February. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk. Russian President Vladimir Putin has suspended a key nuclear treaty with the US after accusing the West of starting the war in Ukraine. Meanwhile, fresh fruit and vegetables are being rationed at two of Britain's biggest supermarkets uh, with shortages expected to last for weeks. But whose fault is it? And nurses have paused strike action as they begin pay talks with the government despite a recommendation that most public sector staff should get a pay rise of just 3.5%. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very much appreciate you joining me. Um, an awful lot to talk about this morning. Those big speeches by Vladimir Putin on air while I was, uh, well, he was speaking while I was on air. Uh, two hours he went on. OK, I do three and a half, but um, at least I don't expect everyone to clap at the end. Um, it went on a very long time. I've always thought the worst thing about living in a dictatorship would be the long speeches. Um, Maybe other things as well. Uh, But certainly uh, the speech from uh, Joe Biden the day before in Ukraine and in Poland yesterday made it very clear there will be no victory for Vladimir Putin for Russia in Ukraine. Uh, Well, we've seen that development in terms of the suspension of the key uh, nuclear treaty. This is the New START uh, arms control treaty, the last remaining treaty between the two big superpowers in existence. What are the implications of that? Well, we'll talk to top guests and experts throughout the show. Also going to be talking again about those strikes. Is there a possibility? that certainly the nurses' strike could be resolved and why you can't buy tomatoes, cucumbers or peppers in your supermarket. All that coming up. Uh, joining me to discuss all of that is political commentator Russell Quirk. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Um, let's start talking about uh, Ukraine. I mean, we are, of course, approaching on Wednesday, the first anniversary of this uh, invasion by Russia. What we heard very clearly from Vladimir Putin was basically it was it was NATO's, the West, the United States. It was their fault, yes. our fault, uh, for, for, for the war in Ukraine. You know, it wasn't me, Gov. Uh, was Provocation. Provocation. We, he was provoked. Um, and, and there is an argument. I debated with Peter Hitchens yesterday uh, on the show about you know, how we resolve things. And, and it is it is certainly the case that that the EU and NATO would know that Russia and Vladimir Putin would view it as a provocation in terms of the sort of come and join the EU, come and join NATO sort of invitations uh, to Ukraine. However, that doesn't in any way, in my view, justify what Vladimir Putin has done. I think that's nonsense. But Vladimir Putin signalling the return of basically, you know, Cold War nuclear testing. um, Mm. That's a concern, isn't it? Well, it is. But it is also a war of words again, isn't it? We have heard this really for the last 12 months or so. So I'm not sure it changes much. Um, I don't think Putin needs to advocate the repealing of that treaty for him to 
act or even do something stupid. I don't think he uh, he needs to kind of um, put that in place first. Um, and, you know, we, we talk a lot, as you did with Peter Hitchens yesterday, with regard to what the solution to this is. Um, and whether it's, you know, continuing to arm the Ukraine or whether it's a negotiated settlement, which I think I agree with you is dangerous, because, of course, if we start negotiating with Putin almost on the Ukraine's behalf in terms of what they give up, mm. then what is next? You know, because it's then probably Poland or it's Moldova and so on. I think what we need to understand about Putin is this, this isn't about the creeping effect of NATO. This is more about Putin as a man with an ego that wants to be seen as a Stalinist-like leader. Yeah. He wants to go down in history as a Stalin. And someone, someone also who has, who has failed magnificently on many, many other aspects of his leadership in terms of the, the plight of the Russian people. Yeah, there, also, and he wants to have something that looks like a victory. Yeah, there's also the people of Russia, I think, that are starting to twig that he might have stolen quite a lot of money from them. Um, and that think? perhaps this might be somewhat of a distraction. Yeah. In other words, if he can show his might, you know, this is the man, of course, that rides bare-chested on horses across the Russian wilderness. I mean, let's just thank our lucky stars that we, don't got, we haven't got leaders doing that stuff I here. I think there's cause... a Putin calendar due out soon, no doubt. Um, <laughs> and um, So, yeah, look, this is this is what the man's all about. So this doesn't end until Putin no. is gone, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I think you may well be right on that. Well, Joe Biden, very clear, the West stands firmly behind Ukraine. Uh, there will never be a victory for Russia. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm personally encouraged by, by a lot of those words because also the fact that Joe Biden has been there makes it more of a crucial issue that he, you know, does actually what, then what a frightening succeed. figure Biden is, eh? Yes, yes, there is that, there is that. <laughs> and of course, one of the impacts of war, of course, is our high energy costs and the impact, impact on inflation. Um, two stories involving high costs today, the vegetable shortage uh, and, of course, the strikes that we've got ongoing. Well, the, the Royal College, we've got on third day of ambulance worker strikes today. We've also got the nurses' strike, a two-day strike planned for next week, has been called off mm. as they, uh, the RCN, the Royal College of Nurses, uh, nursing, they, re- they are entering what they call intensive negotiations with the health secretary and his officials um, over their pay deal for this year. Again, there's still issues about next year and they're saying, no, we won't move on until we've got this sorted. The Financial Times today is reporting that thanks to um, windfalls over over lower borrowing and extra tax take that the the treasury could actually afford a five percent public generally across the board public sector pay rise. Telegraph is saying it's looking at three point five percent. I can't see that three and a half percent would fly. Mm. Um, five percent possibly. Bearing in mind if you look at the pension contributions and the job security that people have in the pri- in the public sector versus the private sector. But calling off the strike next week, entering these intense negotiations, does that give you hope that this could be resolved? Well, I, I can't see how the gap still isn't, you know, chasmic, frankly. You know, the nurse is asking for 19% originally, but then admitting no, that, that was that was pie in the sky. So, you know, why say 19% in the first place? Terrible negotiating tactic. Um, and the paper's full of yesterday, uh, the fact that the public sector is probably going to be offered something between 35 and 4.5%. Um, I do think, again, we need to be careful, though. You know, if we are in the fortuitous position where uh, government borrowing is £30 billion less than it was forecast by the OBR, it's got nothing to do with government, frankly. Jeremy Hunt trying to take the credit for this this morning. He's only been in place for about 10 minutes. It's got absolutely nothing to do with him whatsoever. But should we then just give it all to the public sector? Well, of course, the answer to that is no, because what does that do? Then that provides a precedent to every other public sector worker to want that Mm -hmm. and more. I think what we should do is wait until inflation comes down. So the Bank of England is saying inflation will be about 4% by the end of this year, and then give them an inflation 
related pay rise. So it'll be four percent because that will be inflation. Except it, it is it is a matter of fact that that pretty much everybody in this country has had a real terms cut in their pay, and I the have. lower yeah, and the lower you're paid, the more that impacts on your day to day necessity spending, yes. as opposed to oh, I think I'll you know have another holiday or I'll, or I'll buy a second car. Mm. Some, you know, and this is affecting um, everybody. It is affecting. It does it does affect everybody, but it affects people on their incomes first. Now the key thing here is that I think, especially I think with nurses, we were discussing doctors yesterday, and I said. I, I think that people have a completely, they completely underestimate how much nurses earn. Everyone seems to still think they're on like 15,000 or something. They're not. 35. They start, well, no, they, they're starting in the late 20s. But again, you know, I mean, average pay. God, I, I, mean, I started as a journalist on nine grand and I've worked that out. It's equivalent to about 15 grand now. Mm. Um, it's, you know, they, they are not low paid. They are averagely paid, but they're yes. not low paid. Yes. Whereas doctors, people have this idea they're all earning over 100K. They're not. And we're talking about junior doctors going on track of that BMA ballot earlier this week. Um, but again, when you talk about a junior doctor, you're talking about the senior registrar at the hospital, the only person who's on shift overnight and at a weekend, who's who's operating on your child when they're seriously ill. You're talking about people with 10, 15, 20 years experience, having done, you know, got straight A levels, got a you know first or second class degree, high second class degree, uh, trained for seven years, and they're on you know 50k. Now I know 50k is more than the average incomes. But it should be. These are highly qualified, highly skilled people working in very, very um, stressful life and death decision-making circumstances. Um, and the idea, and I put it to the health minister yesterday, the idea that the person, certainly in London, a person driving the tube train is, more more. is, is earning more for a yeah. job which you can train in for two weeks than the person who's, say, if my child needed an operation, operating on my child. I'm sorry, that's that, that's crazy. But that relativity has existed since before all of those doctors mm. went into the job. They knew what they were getting into in that respect. But they have they? seen, like everyone else, I mean, we hear this argument a lot, what people knew what they were getting into, but their real terms pay has fallen. And it's different in terms of someone in people say, well, leave the job. But we don't want a lot of but doctors or nurses has. to leave everybody the job. Everybody in the public sector and the private yeah. sector. And don't forget, the public sector generally, so if you take the public sector mm. versus the private sector, the public sector, according to the ONS, earns 6% more than the private sector. Yeah. That's just a matter of fact. Yeah, I mean, that's the, and they've got the job security. And of course, if you take into account pensions, pensions. this is this is such a big part of people's income uh, long term in, in the, in the, pri- pri- and the more public time sector. Off. The public sector uh, take more time off. Well, they take on average something like two or three times as much sick leave yes. and the like. Um, now, I can understand, you know, if you're an ambulance worker, you're you know, you've been attacked, so you're going to need more sick leave than someone like me sitting here in a studio. I mean, there is a reality to that, but we also see this among the paper pushers. The thing I think is, is most damning for the public sector at the moment is these figures that we've seen only being sort of publicised, obviously known, but publicised lately, is the incredibly low productivity rate. The, I mean, 3% increase in productivity or something in the last 20 years in the public sector. It's now half a percent per annum, so yeah. on a GDP per mm. person basis. Yeah. So we now lag behind the United States, Germany and France. Mm. Our productivity is down by about but 80%. People, people are just doing nothing or people we, we were talking about the four-day week yesterday on the show and yeah. again well it's amazing we can pay people the same money and they could just work four days instead of working five and, like, and getting the same work done I'm like, well that means they were slacking for for yes. a fifth of the time that's what that's i what they when i see getting that, away with I know, yes, I, you know, i've gone down to a four-day presenting week okay but but someone has to be employed to do my job on the fifth day yes and this survey yesterday by the university of cambridge talking about the fact that i mean bearing in mind they only actually polled 61 companies there are about six million in the UK. well also they know they, 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 the, the 61 companies who volunteered for the what? scheme by definition were the sort of companies that could do that you can't say you can't go into a cafe on a friday and just say could i please have some you know some 
tea and toast. Oh, sorry, we're on it. a four-day week, so there's no one yeah. to make the tea and I've toast I've got 25 today. clients. If they contact me on a Friday, I can't say, sorry, I'm out of the office. I can't yeah. respond. Good luck with that. Because those clients might go somewhere else, mightn't they? Yeah. It's ludicrous. I do it's think ludicrous. that... I, I, no, I think it's perfectly viable. If, you know, I just think the main, the main thing we need to learn from this is that most people are not doing their job properly Five days a week. Yes, no, absolutely. That's the right. reality. Everyone I know is the mums who've gone to working when they wanted to pick the kids up from school. So they did a they did a four day week, but over five days. So they cut their hours so they could get to school, pick up. They said they were doing exactly the same amount of work as the people who were working a five day week, but they were just getting eighty percent of the pay. Yes, and the, the focus of this survey also has been on the employees, the staff. Guess what happens when you ask employees and staff if they'd like to work less? Yes. Guess how many say, yes, please. Uh, guess how many managers who are quite happy to work less as well. That's yes. the key thing. Uh, 6.43 is the time. Lots more to talk about, including Shamima Begum. Um, vegetables that you just can't buy in the shops anymore. By the way, I've got six tomatoes I got from Waitrose yesterday. They're going to the highest bidder. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.